the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. One of the things that I think upsets me the most is watching people get bad financial advice. And I've got a friend who will post something on Facebook from time to time going, hey, do any of my girlfriends have good you know, ideas on how to save money, to invest money? I'm like, me, pick me, pick me, pick me, pick me. And the advice that I see people get is pretty raunchy bad. And I, I, I say that not as someone who is like in the know or in the business and my advice is the right advice. I'm just telling you, there's some products out there that you're paying a lot of money, a lot of money so that person doesn't have to have a job or their job is to basically get you to pay a lot of money for a product that you don't have to pay a lot of money for. But there's whole books on this stuff. Like I got one right here in front of me right now that it's big. It's 571 pages. Whoa. That's too much. You know, we want to sit around and watch the, 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 the ball game. We want to sit around and watch our kids. We want to sit around and, and, you know, say, this wine has a nice floral bouquet. I can't taste floral bouquets. But we don't want to read books. And because we're all different people, I find that you really need to get to know someone who knows you. You know, I had a friend a couple of years ago who her and her husband looked like they could afford to live in the area, acted like they could afford to live in the area, did live like they could afford to live in the area, only to later, as the financials were falling apart, go into bankruptcy and divorce because they never had any of the money. He didn't have a job. So there's all sorts of people, but unless you're going to be, unless you could like disclose, you know, that you don't have a job, but you pretend like you have a job. It's tough to get financial advice, you see? Like, I don't have debt. I think you should create savings and debt, but I don't have debt, so do I still need to create savings? Of course. It's okay to service debt. I told you there was a father of one of the girls I dated many years ago, and he kind of pulled me aside and gave me a dad life lesson. And he said, Rob, you'll always have debt. Don't let that stress you out. You'll probably die with a mortgage. But when you're 21 dating his daughter, you're like, I'm going to save so much money and we're never going to have any credit card debt and I love her and I'm going to give her a new dress every year. You're like, wait, wait, what voice was that? <laughs> it was my 20-year-old aggressive boy. How like the way you say that. The optimistic in me hasn't been beaten out. So how do I give investment advice for someone who's single? It's different, right? Somewhere if you're single and your parents probably want you out of the house somewhere around 24, Hopefully. They want you in the nest as long as possible, but then get out there. And... But what happens if you're 35 and single? Suddenly, you're looking at a different retirement. Two can live a lot cheaper than one, right? And when you're in retirement, do you really want a roommate? You may. 
I, I, I'm not going to knock roommates. I'm going to say that's actually a decision that you have to make. But do you have a non-married partner? Is that going to be forever? I met someone recently at a seminar, and she was like, so, and she's starting to talk like this. And I'm like, what's up? She goes, well, I'm kind of married, kind of not going to be married. And I need to, I'm like, I'm the wrong person for you, lady. You need a mediator to be fair to each other, divorced, whatever it is for you. So we're all different investors. And then I'll see people at seminars who are married versus single. I'll see the people who are single and 35 and, you know, they, they work in the economy that's kind of under the economy. I, and what's that mean? Like, They'll live, work for tips. They'll tutor. They'll do things like that. And that's totally different than a retired person. A retired person, um, you know, should you be in municipal bonds? And should a 25-year-old be in a municipal bond? A municipal bond being a muni, it's a bond that you don't have to pay income tax on, but you get you get income out of it. Woohoo! I'm not worried about the taxes of a young person as much as I'm worried of a tax on an old person, retiree. Investing for income is uh, pretty darn big. I think that's the whole goal. So if I had a five-word challenge on summing me up, it's teaching you investing for income. Something like that. Teaching you income retirement challenge. Teaching you investing income retirement. I don't know. Get off my back. But also, like, if you're a woman, you're a different investor than a man. So there's different investors, and like that's one of the things that stinks about this show, and one of the things that stinks about you know watching you out there is that you really got to get to know someone for them to give you advice. You know, you could tell your girlfriend this weekend, like my boyfriend or my husband didn't cook dinner, and your your girlfriend will go, like, "Oh, honey, you need to get rid of him. He didn't cook you dinner. You need to get rid of him." But that's not an assessment. You know, that's that's. You got to get to know someone before you can give them advice of you should leave him or it's not going to work or you need to get to know people. Same thing in financial planning before you can give advice. I, I think that's one of the most dangerous things is people who take advice from strangers or people who make decisions based on very little information. So I think females are different than males. I think one thing that I'm not is a female. Therefore, I'm going to have a little bit more difficult time kind of relating to what female needs are. Um, you know, females may want comfort. So, I mean, I guess we're all different too. Some may want luxury. Some may want safety. And what's the difference between safety, luxury, and comfort? Did you, the words mean something different to you? Cause they mean something different to me. I want to live in safety. I want to live in comfort. I want to live in luxury. I want a functional retirement, right? So we're all different and, and women live longer than men. So I think women have to save more money than men. And a lot of marriages in the United States, not all of them, but some have an age difference between the man and the woman. And usually the man dies first. Men live shorter lives and they tend to, there's some marriages where the, the woman's three, four, five years. And that three or four, five years, it may not sound like a lot. But if you're by yourself and you can't get up and down steps as a woman, and you have to pay someone to come into your home because you cracked a hip getting out of the shower and you sat there and you, no one was there. This is all happened to my mom. My mom way outlived my dad, way outlived my dad to a, to a little bit of tragedy. There's a difference between young and old. So as, as a guy who does a financial show, it's impossible to hit a home run every time. It's impossible because I don't know you. How about being a parent 
investing as a parent or financial planning as a parent, totally different than as someone who's single. One of my good friends is uh, got a beautiful girlfriend and neither one of them want to have kids ever, never, ever, never, ever. So his investing path is going to be different than mine. Whereas I may say, you know, you want to save 18% of your paycheck, 19% if you want to pay for the kid's college. He may go, I don't have a kid's college. I don't have that expense to look for that. He may vacation more than I do because they don't have the tether of the child. So his, his budget may be different than mine. But he's also not feeding that mouth, so you could afford more vacation, right? We're all different investors. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube at Rob Black Show. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. And don't forget the weeknight replay at 7. One of the things I want to try to accomplish is to bring you ideas when I control this hour, Stock Talk, about trends and about investing, about individual stocks. And maybe I'll get to the individual stocks, maybe I won't today, but I'm talking about the trend of there's basically $300 billion in tech and media growth dollars coming in the next three years. Subscriptions are a big primary driver. Um, Paid content, ad revenue, cost of the internet access itself. And uh, we're growing. So tech and media and they, how they combine over the next three years, you're going to hear a lot about you know speaker battles this Christmas. Then you're going to start hearing more about virtual reality and augmented reality. And the chase for television viewers, the chase for television viewers and television dollars. And how did sports play into this? At some point in time, Apple could buy an NFL team. Whoa, right? Google could buy an NFL team. Um... It's not out of the question. Uh, they got the money. Access leads revenue growth is the idea. But, you know, I've already talked about how there's more than 24 hours a day because we multitask. One of the areas that I want to talk a little bit more about is, again, I've been the video super users. And super users break into a lot of different groups. Video super users count for a disproportionate amount of time um, and also over-index on spend. So... Top 25% of users watch four and a half hours of daily video a day. And they don't even say watch daily video. Research says they have daily video attention. That's kind of crazy, right? So, and the amount that they spend is disproportionately large. So, um, so if you can get the people who are overwatching, you know, they're watching a Netflix while they're watching a Hulu, while they're watching uh, a Bloomberg television on their phone. Something like that. It gets kind of nutty. Super sports fans follow the same trend. So the super fans, as you can see, the super video consumers, um, the super sports fans the same way. The top 25% of them who watch 10 plus hours weekly spend about 61% of the revenue. In audio, in music, is probably the best way of saying it. It's not just audio, though. It's obviously books and other things. Super users account for almost half the consumer spend. So the top thirty, uh, top twenty five percent, top twenty five percent of users account for basically sixty four percent of the time spent listening, and they do about fifty percent of the consumer spend. So finding these people and finding their activities um, is pretty important for this, not the survival but for the the winner. In video games, the curve is even steeper on the super users who are the core of gaming and how much they spend, how much they consume. 
versus how much they spend is pretty crazy. I'm a casual gamer. There's a new Star Wars video game coming out that I want to play. I want to, you know, battle uh, Darth, Darth Vader. I know you're saying, are you stuttering now? No, I'm not stuttering. I want to be an Ewok. I want to jump into an X-Wing and take down the Dark Lord himself. Chewbacca could be my R2-D2. <laughs> so, but I'm a casual gamer. That game's going to cost $49, $59, $69, whatever it is when it comes out. But on top of it, you can get early access, you can play the beta, you can get special characters. Uh, if you want to be the Ewok Chief versus Justin Ewok, you can pay for the right to do that. The most important insights for tech and media, again, going forward in 2018, 19, and 20, is that it's $300 billion in growth dollars. And the average person spends about 31 hours a day. The super users, a lot more time and a lot more money. Now let's get into what I think is going to be fascinating for 2017 Christmas season. 2017 Christmas season will be the season of the speaker. Amazon's got Alexa and the dot. They got the Alexa Echo and the dot. Google's got the Google Assistant and Home. Microsoft has Cortana and Cortana-powered speakers that don't really have a name yet. Um, then you get Apple with a HomePod, and we don't really know much about that as far as data usage at this point. Samsung has a digital assistant named Bixby, who I'm pretty sure is a weakling. Um, but, you know, obviously Apple HomePod's going to get Siri, Samsung's going to get Bixby. Then there's going to be partnerships that people make with uh, Alexa and Cortana, and that'll play out throughout 2018. Um, so Microsoft hasn't really announced those partners, but they will. Uh, then just recently, we saw the Sonos One come out, and the Sonos Mini and the Sonos Max. And Sonos is out of Santa Barbara, and they move from State Street down to uh, the Funk Zone. Uh, the Funk Zone is kind of a revitalization era area in Santa Barbara. Facebook's going to have Facebook M, which we don't know much about as far as real users. Um, Asia's involved in all of this, too, with companies that you may not know much about. Uh, JD.com. Um, they've got a speaker, Ling Long Ding Dong. I know you're saying, did you just make that up, Ling Long Ding Dong? No, I did not make that up. Baidu's got a play in it. Tencent's got a play. Uh, Line has a play with a speaker. Alibaba has a play with the Genie X1. Now, Alibaba's pretty fascinated about it. One of my favorite accumulation stocks out there, Baba. Um, they're trying to build this Genie 1 technology platform into more things than just speakers, or more so than just into consumer speakers. They're trying to build the speakers into restaurants, grocery stores, shopping. Uh, so they're trying to do a lot with it. There's a company called Kakao. They've got Kakao Mine, uh, Xiaomi. So Samsung's got Bixby in Asia. And uh, so it's both a global play and a U.S. play as far as where these speakers are going. The smart speaker adoption. Oh, the baby's so cute. Well, let's adopt it. It's like a little baby monkey. The forecast for the smart speaker adoption is likely to be faster than any other consumer device. I want one. I picked up an Amazon Alexa, and I was so bitterly disappointed with the sound quality of it. I'm like, okay, I'm giving this away. The smart thing to do, though, is to uh, 
make sure you get your account unlinked from it so people don't start ordering stuff. Um, but yeah, the smart speaker versus the smartphone versus the television. The number of years that it takes to get penetration in the United States is expected to be about 50% of the population in under five years for the smart speaker. For the smartphone, it was about eight years. For the television, it was about 12, 13 years. Uh, radio, internet, and computer all took 20 plus years. Years since commercial introduction to the U.S. market where it became 50% penetration. Fascinating. These stats can give you a lot of insights. I'm Rob Black. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Money, 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 money. Tech, 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 tech. Find me online at Rob Black Show. If I have a seminar coming up, you can sign up for it and use code RADIO25 to get in for free. That's code RADIO25 to get in for free. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Howdy, howdy, howdy. I'm Rob Black talking money invested in more. How are you? Oh, so much going on, right? Whoa. I, it's it's tough for me to say exactly that. It's like a little Donald Trump whoa, even though it's not Donald Trump. But that's okay. The thing that I want to throw out there right now is like, it's tough to stay on top of this. And it can be fatiguing. And try not to let that get to you. With, okay, Trump's administration is going to be about protecting America. Protecting America could be good if you want to invest in steel companies. You know, American companies, right? Then you get into, like, some twists on that, and you're like, okay, I kind of got that. And then you're like, okay, maybe that's just rhetoric. And then I'm going to talk to China. I'm going to talk to North Korea. Oh, North Korea and China kind of talk to each other. And maybe this pact with... Um, maybe this pact that we have going on with, you know, we're going to sit down with North Korea is really about a trade war with China, or maybe a trade war with China is really about a pact with, with, do you see what I'm saying? And it gets kind of tiring. No one likes drama. I don't like drama. Save the drama for your mama. And right now, the political headlines are very dramatic. There seems to be no shortage of trade-related headlines. And you never know what you got. You never know what you're going to get in a box of chocolates. And that's kind of the thing that we're getting here with the headlines. You can almost go to bed thinking, okay, you know, I, I can get the idea of owning Ford or GM as a play on tariffs on foreign cars. And, yeah, I, I can kind of see I can see the Republican angle that maybe importing Kias and Toyotas haven't been in the best interest of national security. If you consider national security tied towards money, which I think everything tied towards money is financial security and sometimes national security. So the Commerce Department's come out this morning, and I am not kidding you. I am not pulling your leg. I am not throwing a dirty word here. And they basically said that auto imports are a threat to national security. And that's got to make Germany, Japan go, what do you mean? We send a lot of cars to your country. We're, we're not going to threaten you. China wants to send more cars and more car parts. Is that a problem? How about if North Korea makes nice and then they open up a Kia factory with South Korea? Is that okay? Keep in mind, he's been a brutal dictator. And on one hand, we're supposed to forgive and forget and move on. On the other hand, he's been a brutal dictator. 
China is reportedly going to cut tariffs on a number of imported consumer goods starting July 1. And isn't that... Wait, 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 wait. And worse getting ready to start tariffs? Uh, it really seems like Donald Trump does not want to be embarrassed and that he wants to set the agenda and keep the agenda. And he doesn't like people changing the agenda. Like, have you ever been to an employee event where the agenda keeps getting changed and you're like, come on, I thought we were just going to lunch. And then someone adds in lunch and golf. And then someone adds in drinks, lunch, and golf. And you're just like, keep it cool. I get it. We're moving things a lot of political headlines. Fast. Yesterday, we also got the Federal Reserve releasing minutes for the May meeting. And it had some dovish undertones. A temporary period of inflation modestly above 2% would be consistent with the committee's inflation objective. The key takeaway from the statement for market participants right now is that it seems to imply that the Federal Reserve may not go so far as to raise the Fed funds rates total four times this year, or perhaps just three times. So the Fed kind of gave it the markets kind of a little bit of a, it's okay, we're not in any rush, kind of vibe. 10%, 10% surge in shares of William Sonoma yesterday. Following its earnings report indicates that buyers do still have some interest, pinpoint interest in specific types of retail. Got to admit, as a guy who puts together a second um, you know, set of circumstances and portfolios and ideas, and, and I'm always trying to figure out what's a good way for you to make money. You know, Can we keep it as simple as saying like we need to keep retail just Amazon? Or there's some opportunities in Home Depot, Lowe's, and Williams-Sonoma. And then you go, okay, so you don't want to be Kroger, you know, grocery delivery. You don't want to get into, there's areas of retail you don't want to get into. So I've been buying furniture for a home, and I can tell you, William Sonoma, who owns Pottery Barn, is kind of like right in the middle of the upper middle of quality. And Ikea is probably near the bottom, although that's changed a lot in the last 10 years. And then you get handcrafted stuff at the top, and then you get things like uh, Ashley Home Furniture, you know, slightly between Pottery Barn and Ikea. So do I see a place for Williams-Sonoma succeeding? Because you keep talking about all these new homes, right? New homes being built and people buying homes. And what's the worst thing about buying a home is you eventually move into it. And you go, I hate everything this person did in this house. You hate the fact that they have purple cabinets. You're like, purple cabinets? Is this the Purple Pie Man's Bakery secret lair? Could be. Best Buy shares are down. Now, again, Williams-Sonoma up because people need to furnish their new homes and their homes that they're buying. That's not going to go away. Whenever you get a home, well, there's one person who I know that him and his wife and their two kids, now three kids, bought a home, and then they didn't furnish it at all. They just furnished their, their master bedroom. Master bedroom's pretty big. And all, everyone hangs out together because that's the type of family they are. So, okay, so maybe furniture's not impervious to retail trends because there are people like this guy who has only furnished one room. But let me tell you, when you're furnishing rooms, it's expensive if you want to do it right. And then you make mistakes along the way, and you're like, ah. Oh. You kind of you kind of see why people succeed and fail in, in their business models because if making things convenient and easy for you is quite a service, in my opinion. So Williams-Sonoma, I like for the long-term patient investor. Especially when there's a recession, especially when there's negatives, especially when they miss earnings. Not necessarily when they're taking a victory lap after winning, 
me and Charlie Sheen, we, he and I would do victory laps together. Winning. Charlie and I would like to figure out uh, algorithms and mathematical formulas for investing and, and getting ahead in life. And we came up with this two and a half figure that, you know, we were going to come up with. Uh, it, okay. So you don't want to invest in companies that are doing victory laps. Well, you could. Netflix today, and this is going to be, a, you know, the craziest thing you've heard in a long time. Now, Netflix recently got President Barack Obama to sign on to produce television shows. And typically what... What they do at Netflix is something along the lines like this. Uh, you want the keys to the car? Here's $2 million. Go make me 10, 10 movies or 10 TV shows. So Netflix is actually very, very good about turning over control to their producers. Amazon likes to give notes. ABC, NBC, CBS, Fox likes to tell you exactly where they're, they're, the shows are wrong and not funny. HBO will say, we'd rather make 10 of the greatest shows ever this year, or to be more confident, 7 out of 10. Whereas Amazon's like, we'll make 100. So HBO, you could be snooty, and you could say that you're, you know, uh, six feet under, your Game of Thrones, your Sex in the City, your Sopranos, your, you know, Larry Sanders show, or some of the greatest shows ever. And I don't think that's an exaggeration. I, I so wish that Breaking Bad would have been on HBO versus network TV because it would have been a better show. But Amazon, I'm sorry, Netflix, they're worth almost a day. If Disney has a bad day and Netflix has a good day, Netflix is going to be worth more than Disney. Now stop for one freaking fracking second and think about that. How is that possible? Disney's been around for hundreds of years. Disney, you know, kind of... I don't want to say they invented the cartoon, but didn't Steamboat Willie, wasn't he kind of like the predecessor to Mickey Mouse, and wasn't he like the invention of cartoons and laughter and hilarity of big oxen oaf tries to eat said mouse or rat? Keep in mind, Mickey Mouse, a mouse, the difference between a mouse and a rat is, is so minuscule, and rats are the nastiest things on the planet. I've dated a couple. You don't want to, you don't want to go there. So... Right? So Netflix is about to be worth more than Disney. Stop and think about that. And again, it's a small world. Think about the little kids in there. They're spending 100 bucks each every day. And think about these kids and their snot and their boogers and their disease and their french fry fingers and their ketchup, salt and pepper mixtures and their 400 ounces of soda. How in the name of the world is Netflix almost worth more than Disney? Disney hasn't paid that chick Cinderella for years and years and years and years and years, and yet, I don't get it. We're in a brave new world, ladies and gentlemen. Do you own some shares of Netflix? I'm Rob Black, making investing fun again. Take a break here. Be right back. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Life can change pretty fast. And it's one of the things that I want to throw out there on a pretty regular basis. You get insurance to insure things you can't afford to lose. And the fastest thing that you can afford, that you can't afford to lose is your health and, and or your life, right? Now, most of us will conventionally say that it's okay to lose our life because we're now taking a dirt nap, so to speak. But what happens if you have kids that need your income or a spouse that needs your income? not so good to kick, kick the dirt and 
take a dirt nap for six feet under for quite yet. But I've seen some crazy stuff in my life. And I can tell you, I've seen it both in personal life and in um, business life. I've seen people who aren't ready for retirement in any way, shape, or form. And that's kind of scary. I've seen three people get hit by cars in my life. And basically, two of them killed on the spot. One of them maimed for life is my gas. Although I don't really know. But uh, life can change pretty darn fast. Love the one you're with and, you know, make sure you ensure what you can't afford to lose. If you need to go to work for the next, you know, 40 years, age 20 to 60, you need to do everything you can to protect your ability to earn income. And there's two ways to do that. Disability insurance if you get disabled and can't get out of bed. Or life insurance in case you get hit by a car and die. Or you have an aneurysm or something happens, right? So that's all going on out there, right? So my, my goal on this is to show you that we've all seen crazy stuff. And go talk to a fireman. They've been on the scenes of accidents that are horrific. And that may not be your thing to talk to firemen. But let me tell you, if you ever want a perspective that things can go bad, they probably have it. <coughs> they probably have a couple of them where they're seeing, you know, someone totally innocent. Their life changed financially forever and forevermore. So that's out there. And again, I'm not trying to discourage you. I'm not trying to be a De- Debbie Downer or anything like that. What I am trying to do is say, you know, prepare. You want to have enough money to last you from age 60 to 100, so you invest. Investing is the best chance that you have to get to that. Because investing historically has given you 75 to 10% returns. Bonds, ever since 9-11, our government has been in this... Let's change the, the, world, the way people save. Because the stock market instantly dove and confidence in the U.S. economy crashed after 9-11, our Federal Reserve started marching interest rates lower to keep people financially rewarded for taking chances with very little risk. So that helped propped up an economy. And we kind of got addicted to it. And other countries started doing it when their economy started to slow down. I never thought in my whole entire life that we would enter an age of super low interest rates, and we did. I'm not saying that we'll never see that again, but I can't imagine it, but it could happen. With that said, there is kind of a new normal that errs on the side of caution, and our government's done a better and better job of managing recessions. But yet, at the same time, it does feel to me that there's the haves and the have-nots. And let me assure you, as a person who I would consider myself lucky, blessed, I'm have, and yet I know people who earn eighty to one hundred twenty thousand a year in California and will never own a home. They can rent, and that's probably better money than they can earn in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. But they can't save. So, and then I know people who can save, and then at the last second they get kind of stupid. I mean, instead of buying a two hundred dollars speaker, they buy a six hundred dollars speaker, and that happens too. As an investor, I, I love the growth. I love the opportunities. I'm not for putting you at risk. I want to minimize as much risk as possible. So I try to eliminate talking about gold and talking about bonds and talking about Bitcoin. The United States government's investigating Bitcoin now to see if it's price manipulated. 
for anyone who owns Bitcoin, you darn well better hope that they come back and say no. And one of the most bizarrest twists that I've ever seen in my career, I've seen this week our federal government go from we're going to work with the world to set up a trade union to we're going to isolate ourselves even more than I told you we were going to isolate ourselves. So the headlines are, are, are crazy. And, and I, I think you got to learn how to cut down that noise. And I think one of the things you need to do is on occasion turn it off. Airbnb is a big story right now. And Airbnb is a classic. I'm not going to say cautionary tale because it's not cautionary yet. But what we've all learned is that, you know, I know people in the past who've rented out their San Francisco apartments when they just go out of town to renting out their, you know, apartments more long-term when they're working. You know, I've given the example of the firefighter who's done that before, but I know other people who like to, to make a little side cash, a little side hustle, right? And now we're learning, like, um, South Beach, Miami, and Airbnb kind of, you know, bump into each other. And, like, would I, do I want to invest in Airbnb when they come public? I kind of do, because I love the idea. I love the idea that millennials are kind of, you know... Uh, turning their nose to hotels. But at the same time, we're starting to see some cities like Miami Beach, Los Angeles, Santa Barbara really aggressively fight back because a lot of, not a lot, but some Airbnb properties have been known for party houses. And uh, residents don't like that. And residents pay taxes and they kind of want the neighborhood that I moved into to be the neighborhood that I moved into. So sometimes the story looks great and you want to invest in it, but be cautious because sometimes cities will get involved or governments will get involved or competition will get involved. There's risks that you always have to know. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.